You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. 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 The correct Jordan Hare Stadium time is 8.33 p.m. Central Daylight Standard Time. Your digital audio device is tuned to the Orange and True podcast, harbored by collegeofmagnolia.com. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers. It is I, Son of Crow 2. On Twitter, you'll find me at Son of Crow on Venmo. Or you can pay me for this podcast. You know who you are. It's one side of me. The rumor monger at Ryan S. Starrett. The S stands for sold. Sold a house. I did. I sold a Well, almost sold a house. We'll see. Don't want to jinx it. Not, I haven't signed the data line yet. Celebratory tumors eliminated in your future, hopefully. They should make bubbly lemonade tumors and serve it in champagne bottles. That's free idea, guys. It's a free idea, tumors. It's the other side of me giving you the full four pin ASMR you pay more money for is the AU chief. All right. Guys, we have a special guest. It is the Internet's own Justin Ferguson. Justin, can you read me? Hello. What's up, boys? So I'm going to do something that, that Justin and Painter do on their podcast a lot. I'm gonna, off the top of the show, though, I'm going to do it as opposed to towards the end of the show when you guys do it. I'm going to remind everybody to subscribe and to review this podcast and give us five stars. Or you could be like, I'm going to read the best review of all time. <laughs> this is a real review for this podcast. From, oh. From a reviewer called It's Me, Matt. It's perfect. Okay. It's a nothing like a football podcast where 80% of the content is women's soccer and rom-com content. This is embarrassingly lame. Three, Subject line. Three stars. Oh, Subject three. line. Three stars, though. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I'll three yeah, stars, yeah. You know what? I didn't like it at all, but at least, you know, helped me ignore my impending <laughs> it mortality. It when I put yeah. download? I it made noise when I hit play. Right. <laughs> Didn't sound like babies crying. Yeah. So. <laughs> we so, had yeah. a we had a two star review like early in the process, and then it like disappeared. So I don't know if like that person changed their mind or <laughs> it dropped off. Painter like, had for them a while. Killed. We had like a little tiny little tick mark where it said two, and like the person didn't leave a written review on it. Um, but uh, yeah, that was funny. And then uh, all one day it just disappeared. So one day. It's me, Matt, will disappear. Oh, I hope so. Uh, from Earth, and then also his <laughs> re- review will uh, as well. Um, so, you know, Sounds like keep all that take care of our problems for us. First of all, Matt, we <laughs> love Ed you. Or- it's the Ed Orgeron threat. <laughs> yeah. We love you, and we're happy that you're listening. And I, oh, yeah. I, one of these days, you're going to come around to the fact. I thought yeah. Ferg was just turning this into an existential pod. Well, gonna, I'm always yes. into that. But he I did think, that two weeks ago. Yeah, we did that two weeks ago. I think I really think that 
he's going to come around. He's going to realize that Auburn women's soccer is worth talking about. And we'll talk about him again. They had another perfect weekend, you guys. That's yeah. Another two-win weekend. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe the key is we don't talk about them. Because when we talk about these uh, high-performing women's sports teams enough, they tend to just start losing games. Well, there's one that we uh, haven't spoken about in weeks, hoping that yeah, yeah. I will. We're not going to talk about them. We're not going to. We're still not going to talk about We are a soccer podcast. We can't avoid it. And uh, we're still scoring goals like it's ha- like we're having fun. So yeah. I'm excited about to see. Uh, they beat Florida 2-0. They got Arkansas. Or, and beating Florida is always good, by the way. So beating, I don't want to. I don't want They're not that good this year. Yeah, right. I don't want to take anything away from from Auburn soccer because it is a good program and a, and a winning program right now. But like, is Florida bad now? Like, Florida's not ranked. That's usually that's usually yeah. weird that Florida is not ranked in a non non revenue sport. They're like, usually they the best school. Sweep those usually. We did a little bit of uh, investigative journalism before the season started, and it was uh, oh, yeah, their best player intense. from last year. It was a freshman. Their leading goal scorer, uh, right. girl from Sweden, and I'm blanked on her name, transferred to Florida State after the season, and is now Florida State's leading goal scorer. And oh, wow. Florida State's like top five in the country. Yeah, yeah. trouble in little won the Natty last year, I believe, right? Yeah, they won the national yeah, championship. Yeah. No, they uh, did they win were, it? Yeah. I watched that game because uh, it was on at a bar. I yeah, was they at. lost to was it Pepperdine? They lost in a crazy upset. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. But then they, they picked up this one. gal. They picked up this gal. And they, they, I mean, imagine, like, it'd be like Auburn's best player last year transfers to Alabama and is now their best player and the number one in America. Like, it, it, it'd, be the, it'd be the biggest story in football if that happened. Um, Plano's, Plano's own Sidney Richards had a, had a goal in the 74th minute, her fifth goal of the season. Auburn defense only allowed two shots, one shot on goal against Florida. And, you know... I'm not the best coach in the world, but when I used to coach women's basketball, my strategy was always, we can't lose if they don't score. And it worked for me. And it looks like it's working for Karen Hoppe. Like, <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty good strategy. If they don't Especially score, you cannot yeah. lose. Literally can't but, lose. But we're not, uh, the, the, good, the good part about it is, is we're not, we're not really playing uh, negatively. Like we're not just parking the bus. Uh, no, we're attacking, we're attacking, trying, attacking. Yeah, we're trying trying to score like crazy and keeping them from scoring. And that's, yeah, so uh, against Florida, it was uh, two shots for the Gators and 25 shots for Auburn. This is and not... This shouldn't happen what is up with Florida? This is not Jose Mourinho's Tigers. <laughs> no, no, it is not. It's by the like way... Pep Guardiola's Tigers. By the Guardiola. way, it was Santa Clara that, uh, yeah. that, that uh, beat Florida State uh, last year. I was watching that game at tournament. Texas Live. Texas Live exclamation point here in Arlington. <laughs> the 11th seed. Wow. Yep. Impressive. Auburn plays Arkansas number six in America, Arkansas. Um, that's a big game. So if you're in town, you should you should stop by the soccer complex. And get it out there. Well, when, they're a lot of fun. Yeah. When is that? Wednesday? Thursday night. Thursday, Thursday. night. There's not a football. Hey, look, guys, it's a bye week wow. this week. Nothing else to do. Thursday night. Stop by the complex. Ryan and I are Bundle engaged up. on Thursday night, unfortunately. What do y'all have? Uh, One's a wedding. Yeah. 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 Congratulations. Uh, we're, going, we're, we're going over to, well, I'm going over to Columbus. Ryan will already be there to see Dune and IMAX. Oh, dope. Hey. That's better so, than what I thought you were going to say, something about like a Braves game. 
Is Dune gonna have? God. Is Dune gonna be one of those movies where I kind of need to know Dune, or like know uh, the know I'll, the? I'll get back to you on that. Okay. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, do you like Denis Villeneuve's uh, uh, movies? Uh, Usually, yeah. Arrival, Blade Runner. Oh, I think I, Arrival, I like Arrival I think a lot. Arrival, I think, is one of the best movies of the last decade. Like, uh, period. I mean, I, I've liked every single one of his movies I've watched. Yeah. I'm afraid it's going to be like. Blade Runner and nobody's gonna go see it even though it's good so um it, guys it, popularity is not always a sign of quality well the reason I'm afraid nobody's gonna go see it is this is only half of a book and oh. they didn't already make the second half so it's kind of and a bummer spoiler uh, this year no one's going to the movies yeah man I went and saw Black Widow in the theater and I was the I was a really nice theater here and nobody there. there was a there was a decent crowd for uh no time to die last week um i mean it I wasn't need to, i still need to go see that yeah no spoilers uh just uh, three, <laughs> three hours long almost though. i know yeah, i'm a little so bit worried long. about that because bond movies so don't always get good when they get long it was so long and they had the captions on did you see this in a different okay, country i wouldn't be i wouldn't, be, ter- I wouldn't be terrible with that because i usually watch stuff with captions on anyway I'm, uh, it, but home. It, it bugged me big time. Like, I watch TV. Uh, I've started doing that a little bit. Uh, you know, it's a side effect of having kids, uh, and you have to keep the TV low. So sometimes you right. have to watch, do that. But it, it really bugged me because it was just giant screen, and the words would be, like, right in the middle of Bond's face if he were if it was a close-up. Ooh, and, and it was just like, it was like, wow. It'd be, like, right here, like, right on his, right speaking, on his chin. You speaking could, of <laughs> captions, watch this professional segue. My Paramount Plus app, upon which I watched Auburn, Arkansas would not turn the closed captioning off the entire, I could not turn it off the entire game. I so not only did you have to hear I had the to, CBS call, you I had, had to, to watch read it. it as well. And could not escape Aaron Murray. Sounds, I couldn't escape it. horrible. And, and it's not always correct because it's somebody trying to type it like some stenographer or maybe like a, a bot. And so a bot. I, I'm, I usually have it on mute and I'm reading going, there's no way that's what they said. Because that doesn't even make sense in English, <laughs> but but I couldn't turn it off. I even like reset the restarted the Apple TV, went in on the back end, like turned off closed captioning on the system settings, continued to turn it off over and over again within the app. It was like Great. burned in. Like I had to read Aaron Murray, his analysis of Bonex. Super awesome. Yeah, yeah, I didn't I didn't watch when I when I rewatch the game, I don't watch it. I watch it on mute usually. I usually yeah. have music playing when I when I watch film. Um, I didn't go back and watch the entire game, like every single play, but I watched most of the offense. And uh, I even caught a little bit from just kind of osmosis. I'm like, what is this dude even talking? About? <laughs> like, Bo is playing really, really well and has been playing really well. Um, I think Aaron Murray made or Rick Neuheisel, one of them, made the comment in the game that. When like Bo Nick should take a copy of this game and just send it to in, to NFL scouts. Yeah, and like, Hazel, try to. New Hazel said it at the end yeah. when he drilled like, one of those third down passes. Look, oh, dude. Literally, Bo Nick needs to take this game, and this is what he sends to scouts and says, "This is it. This is what I can do. Don't worry about the rest. Yeah. Don't worry about the rest of these games. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the game." <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, he good, I mean, man. I thought he should have put it on his OnlyFans. That's what I said on uh, <laughs> that, that that third down that that long drive in the uh, what was that the third? Yeah, open up the game. 
Oh no, that one was good, but it was it was the really long drive where we had the ball for like eight Four, minutes. Start the start. The and that's why we had it yeah, on. Yeah, that's yeah. why you had we had you on, Justin, to talk about that aspect of NIL of players <laughs> starting. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt Brown, Matt Brown actually did research on that. No way. Extra points, like a few months ago. Yeah, and it was like most. Like, there was that stretch there. Oh, this is gonna get really weird. There was that stretch there where um, it seemed like OnlyFans was gonna try to go away from the from from adult the, content, the, from the adult content, and then they decided, oh wait, actually no, everybody will leave right. if that happens. Um, and uh, but a lot of those nil guidelines that schools write up for their athletes like that's one of those that i guess that's true kind of pretty much prohibits it okay right and it would be one of those things where it's like you can you know start an only fans and you know do stuff other than adult content like there there are some yeah, people yeah. who do that they use it like a patreon they use it like you know whatever right right it's just very rare and so it was just kind of like one of those blanket like most places would have a blanket like yeah don't do that um wow. and since matt uh, uh, connected to BYU, obviously. Uh, he also pointed out that like some places like BYU, where it's, where it's like you know you can't do gambling, you can't do, uh, and the big one there was like you couldn't do coffee, couldn't right. have a coffee uh, nil deal at, at no, BYU. No caffeine. Yep. So shout out to Matt Brown. Matt Brown does that oh, kind of research mind. all the time. He's like oh, yeah, if you don't, he's on if the you cutting don't subscribe edge. To extra points. Um, don't come crying to me when you don't know what's going on <laughs> off the field in college sports because, I mean, he, he's better than anybody at doing that. So If you listen to us and also don't don't go to the Observer, don't go to Extra Points, don't listen to Sports on Duo, I, I want to meet you. No, this is it. We've talked about this listener. This is like – so this is really my inside baseball. There, there was a guy named Rick Warren who wrote a very popular book, started a church out in California – yeah, or war, war, like Hawaiian printers. Yeah, Rick Warren was very influential. And one of the things that he did for the church planting movement was you you have a guy in mind, a person in mind, that is the prototype, this is the person we're trying to reach. And yep. his was called like, um, what is the name of his church? Remember what blank on? Saddleback. Saddle, yeah, he called him like Saddleback Sam. This is who Saddleback Sam is. He wears this kind of clothes. He drives this kind of car, blah, 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 blah. And for me, like if the Saddleback Sam of this podcast is somebody who only <laughs> listens to this podcast. I want to meet the person. We are their only source of Auburn news and information because they are the most confused and like biased person <laughs> who's ever lived. I don't want to meet that person. <laughs> They're just well, really like, weird. So one of those people, one of those people like might be my mom. Oh, Perfect. well. Okay, there is there is That's a target audience. Ryan's yeah. mom. Ryan's mom. We can reach Ryan's mom. We can reach the world. <laughs> That's right. All right, so back to Bonex, guys. Mm-hmm. He threw five incomplete five passes that did not get caught by an Auburn receiver. It was twenty one for twenty six. So four yep. four incompletions, one interception. That's um that's unbelievable. I'll take the only, one interception if he does this every one, game. Uh, yeah, only one like bad drop I felt like wasn't even really that bad. There's another sort of drop, but not. There was really. one. There was one pretty rough one. Like, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And then the yeah the other one you who were probably it? referring. Who was the number number Landon forty? King. Brandon. Yeah, yeah Landon, Landon King. Landon King. He catches that, that. He might score. Oh yeah, that was that was and a really he, pretty he play. He also caught one and and tripped, and he might have scored on that one too if he didn't trip. 
And then he backed up and had a had a couple of really good uh had a couple of really good catches later. I'm hoping um, that this is like the this is Landon King's coming out party. And it's like, all right, now we got this other guy who can play inside and out. It it almost feels like Bo Bo's finally like, oh, I've got these dudes that are kind of big and they're like not that far away that I can kind of try to throw the ball to. And we went from catch it. we went from never throwing the ball to tight ends to <laughs> building the entire offense out of tight ends. Yeah. What if we only uh, had tight ends on the field? I'm for it. <laughs> there was a play at some point in the game where it's a third down and Auburn goes five wide empty set and it's like oh a five wide set but the yeah. personnel on the field was <laughs> was of the five wide receivers two were tight ends and one was a running back there so were good. only legitimately two wide receivers on the field yeah that's great and it's and it's smart because that's where you know Auburn's got a lot of depth at tight end you want to have your running back out there so you can do some fun stuff with motion um, but I think that one of the other ones that you, one of the things that you saw a benefit of, I think the play of the game that's not a scoring play for Auburn, third and ten started the last drive. Um, they hit Tyler Fromm uh, for a, for a first down, and what happens on that play is Auburn sees man. They have cover one uh, over the top. They're manning up across across this uh, across the board, and uh, Auburn runs a slant wheel combo, really easy man beater. Usually, Arkansas plays it super well. But the guy, the nickel that's tasked with covering Tyler Fromm, Fromm runs his wheel, and then when he looks, then he sees that he's at the sticks. He just turns around and just makes himself big for for Bo. Bo throws a low, good ball to him. I, I put it in our in uh, in, in in my uh, film room. It's like it looked like a post entry pass in basketball, where like get it to where <laughs> only your guy can get it. Don't let don't let the little guy have any room. So put it right on his body, and uh, first down. And it's like. Arkansas defended that well. Auburn had a call that got, you know, really, really, they got a call that didn't work exactly like they wanted to, but it didn't matter because Tyler Fromm is bigger than the dude covering him and they took advantage of it. And like, that's, that is like pro style offense at its best yeah. and, 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 you know, exploiting matchups. And even when the things don't work as perfectly as they could, as they could, Bo knew, Hey, my guy's going to be right there. And it was, it was a good pitch and catch. You you talked a lot on your on your podcast that came out Sunday mm-hmm. about the modern pro style offense and how this offense looks a lot like that. But I'd I'd also say this offense looks a lot like what Lincoln Riley's doing. And I yeah. I've thought for a couple of years now, Bo Nix might have been a really good quarterback for the Sooners, just because he kind of that's kind of what Lincoln Riley wants a quarterback that can kind of just get back there, run around a little bit. And find somebody open eventually. Extend the play. Extend really, the play. Extend the play. He's really good at imp- improvisation. Uh, Bo is, I, I think. And, and the, the times that I think he's been at his worst is when he's just gotten locked in on one person, and not, yeah. uh, you know, that's all he's going to do on that play. That, those are those are that's Bo at his worst to me. And, right. I, and I know a lot of people get frustrated with how he runs around, has run around in the past, and and just throwing the ball away. And that's his elite I, skill. Like, that, running that around is his, is his elite skill. That's yeah. what makes him who he is. And, like, he doesn't have C.D. Lamb, you know? Right. So, he didn't like he can mm-hmm. run around. Or he doesn't have Mike Mike Williams. Or Mike Evans, yeah, sorry. He doesn't have Mike Evans. He doesn't Evans. have Eli Stove or uh, Ryan Davis. What is it, what is it they say like about the Chiefs? Is, uh, Mahomes just calls the 
throw it down there and somebody will catch a play. Yeah. yeah. Tiger kill. Yeah. You don't have that in, on this roster. Not to say that these guys aren't, you know, SEC wide receivers, but they're not Tyree Kill. They're not going to go beat somebody right. on a jump ball or, you know. I will I mean, say that's where... there were some there were some uh, some receivers asserted themselves in this game. Yeah, I think I think Kobe Hudson looks it, the ball looks different going into his hands than other guys. He he looks like a receiver. He looks like this guy is was made to do this. He he has been their most efficient and most reliable receiver pretty much all year, and this was the game where he didn't get the ball nearly as much. Uh, but when he did, it was pretty effective. Uh, he had that juke on that on that RPO screen on the final drive where he took out two guys with one move. That was a Ryan Davis move. Right. And, and Kobe, I mean, again, this is a guy that like Ryan Davis, like uh, Ricardo Lewis, like some others before Marcus Davis, I believe as well, in the past. This is a guy who was not a wide receiver in high school. He was a quarterback. And so it takes a little bit longer usually for those guys to click. But credit to Kobe in a new offense. I mean, he kind of hit the ground running. And when Javarius Johnson got hurt, they asked him to do some, you know, step up into that slot spot. And he did a really good job with it. And now that Javarius Johnson is back, they're working him in a little bit more. Hudson started bouncing around. He wasn't just playing in the slot on Saturday. And he can be that kind of movable piece that, um, that they really, really need in, in this offense because I think Shed Jackson and Demetrius Robertson and especially Javarius Johnson are guys that are kind of locked into where their positions are, you know, kind of stylistically. Robertson may have a little bit more versatility, but Jackson, you know, is going to be a split in, and you know Javarius Johnson is going to be a, a slot just because of the way those guys are built. How many receivers yeah. is Auburn going to face that are better than Burks for Arkansas? I don't think that list is hot as is long. Left? Yeah, how many guys oh, left? Left in this? Um cuz that guy's good good. Uh yeah. Uh I would put John Mechie up there. Uh Jameson Williams from Alabama has been a big play machine. I assume they have at least 3 there about that guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Outside of Alabama. Yeah, outside of Alabama. Um Ole Miss has uh, Dontario Drummond, who has been a big play guy. I think he's like second in the league in the, in, in touchdowns now. Um, he's third. Okay, I'm looking it up now. He is third in yards. <laughs> All right, watch out for Ole Miss next week. They have <laughs> uh, the number one and number three receivers in the league in yards per catch, and Braylon Sanders and Dontario Drummond. And uh, Drummond is tied with Jameson Williams at uh, six touchdowns this season. So. But individual guy, like one guy, uh, I don't think you're going to have one as good as Burks. I think Ole Miss and Bama both have multiple guys that they go back back and forth with. Weird thing, though, this year is Bama's had some drop problems, which is usually not something they have to deal with as much. Like, Devontae Smith never dropped anything. And uh, they're, they're, they've got dudes who are fast and athletic and really good. They're just not quite as consistent as, they, as they've been used to having. It's in the Jacks. It's something's Alabama only. It's in the Jacks biscuits. Something's in the Jacks biscuits. It's the only thing that Auburn and Alabama players are eating. The golden Flake. The Golden, golden Flake. It's in the Golden Flake chips. <laughs> trying to think. Milo's. I would say Milo's, but Milo's isn't that far down here. But, yeah, Jacks is something that hits both Everywhere. parts of the state. And it's really good breakfast-wise. 
The Jacks. They, put a, they put a Jacks in my old hometown, which yeah, there's is Jacks. In that's the middle that's, of South Alabama now. Yeah, that's their their business strategy has always been. There's always like all over North Alabama, there were always Jacks in all the little tiny towns. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like the whole state. If if you have a town that doesn't have a Jacks, you you really you probably like, graduated with two people. That's Dairy Queen <laughs> in Texas. They used to say that yeah. you couldn't be a you couldn't be a community. You couldn't exist as a actual established community until you had a Dairy Queen. I'll be honest. I think Texas gets the win there on that one. Oh, really? Queen. Yeah, I, lo- I love Dairy Queen. You got to also at- know that, and I also know that Texas Dairy Queen is different than, than everybody else's Dairy Queen too. The big issue with Dairy Queen now, though, and this is we're getting off topic. Actually, you know, no, we're not. This is the topic now. <laughs> this is the topic. Yeah, Dairy Queen prices are ridiculous now. I don't know what happened. Yeah, but they're they're getting way too proud of their steak fingers now, and I I'll stand for a steak finger basket. Because I've grown up eating it my whole life, but not, right. there's no reason to pay twelve dollars for a steak finger basket and oh, gosh. a yeah, drink. Like it's it's gotten ridiculous. But that's like the Texas thing though, because like Whataburger is pretty expensive. Whataburger is Whataburger's mm-hmm. gotten to be where you like if you're used to McDonald's, you're like, wait a minute, this is what, about eight dollars. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the steak finger basket. Or if you're was, also, yeah, all, also if you're used to now, if you're used to cookout prices, well, cookout's like we're gonna give so you, cheap. we're gonna give you an absolute <laughs> truckload of food for seven dollars. Like, go for it. Nice. Um, <laughs> I, I do cookout. wonder. I do wonder though in, in Auburn, and I know not all of y'all are here, but um, I do wonder what the Culver's versus cookout. Auburn Mall parking lot war is going to look like because it's already kind of, kind of starting to stir. They're putting a Culver's I, right there. Yeah, it's already it's open. I've never, heard, I've never heard of Culver's. I'm just going to throw that out there, and I am just really confused why we needed another burger restaurant right there. But that's so it's like me. all these regional chains. All these regional chains are starting to move into college towns really, really hard. Um, yeah. I'll give you another example um, that is different, but you know near and dear to my heart um another texas thing there's a torchies in like right by lsu's campus now torchies rules like right across the street from the football stadium uh which i they do bonkers business uh there's also one right by campus at arkansas Mm -hmm. and there's another one and there's another one kind of near in that little northwest arkansas little triangle um there was another one that i went to on saturday night so torchies come on over you know, <laughs> downtown right. Auburn. I mean, as many of these freaking buildings we're putting up that need space on the first floor, oh, yeah, might, as well, might as well throw some in there. Come on. I'm seeing that I'm actually was off by a couple bucks. It's like seven forty nine for the steak finger basket. But that's still too much. That's pretty. That's pretty pricey. Yeah. I mean, uh, fast food in general is, is gone uh, pretty, pretty crazy. Unless you go to you know one of the big guy. The top dog burger joints like McDonald's or uh, uh, you can still get you know pretty good meal for yeah you know, it's ten ninety nine for an eight piece but that's too much food double. eight piece good lord a steak finger basket guys is imagine if a chicken strip was made out of chicken fried steak that's a steak finger basket they gave it with gravy right with gravy yeah and Texas toast yeah Jeez, it's a whiz. it was the it was the and they limit that just to Texas, usually, right? Yeah. Like they don't, they don't let, they don't let the rest of us get it outside of the Republic. It was the, uh, it was the basketball away game, post game meal. If you won, Ooh, yeah. if we won, we get to go to Dairy Queen. And everybody gets oh, a steak finger basket. Wow. 
We never did anything after. Uh, always road before. trips. Yeah, yeah. Always before we went to either Arby's or Jack's and got a chicken finger basket. Like every time, it was the we most did, predictable uh, thing. We did. We did McDonald's every single time. Oh man, we did peanut because butter did and honey sandwiches happen. before the game, and then afterwards, if you won, steak finger basket. If you lost, McDonald's uh, cheeseburger. No, I don't know. If, I don't know if man. I've said this. I don't know if I've said this on here before. I've been on here a few times, but um, my old hometown is, I think, the only place in America where. So I lived there for ten years, and during my ten year time there. It lost a McDonald's, a, a a Dairy Queen, and a Taco Bell, all three in the time I was there, and so like McDonald, it was funny because like we, McDonald's, like we would get it on these road trips, and it's like the most basic thing in yeah. the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something you couldn't have at home, so it was like one of those things where, you know. Like oh yeah we're going to McDonald's like oh, yeah, yeah okay yeah it's better than Burger King like yeah if, if we were which going is what over, we had to deal with we didn't even have we Jacks up until then if we were going to Huntsville we'd stop the the brand new Dairy Queen they built in the gas station uh, just in Scottsboro on the way over there that was a big treat but we still got the chicken finger basket it was the shout out shout out by the way to the Dairy Queen in Andalusia Alabama it is an old like walk up one oh nice like like old school. And, like an uh, actual Dairy Queen, yeah. like a real one, like like a real deal one, and it was next to the old like fire station there. And then when they moved the fire station, they just gutted it and then just put a bunch of tables in there. Ah. And so people, it, it was it was nice. dope. Like we we would we would be like, if we felt like driving twenty minutes there to eat, we'd be like, it was <laughs> it was a treat, man. It was a treat. Uh, that also shows you how like desolate it was when it was growing up. Yeah. Get you a, a Heath Bar Blizzard like my like my dad used to get. <laughs> like I used to be, I, I used to be an hour away from the nearest Chick Fil A. Wow, oh. Chick Fil A used to be like a delicacy oh. for me growing yeah. up. Yeah, well, I I didn't eat Chick Fil A until I came to Auburn because like uh, I had it. <laughs> it's, it's just not in certain spots. <laughs> I had a. One, That's incredible I, I to a, me. A, I had yeah. one time I ate one at the uh, I ate like one strip at the. Uh, uh, there was a Chick-fil-A in the Hamilton Place Mall up in Chattanooga, I believe. and uh, that, But that was my only other time I'd had it until I came to Auburn. And I, I was in Auburn a while before I started even eating it down here. It's weird to and think about they, Alabama having places that are far. There's that far from anything. Like, Alabama doesn't seem to be big enough to have places that are an hour away from a chick I mean, I feel like the whole state is not but Dude, a couple hours up that's, now. That's low right. Alabama. Can I, oh. can I tell? It's, can I, it's yeah, right. seven hours from Fort Payne to Gulf Shores, man. It's it's a pretty big state. Uh, like nice. top yeah. to bottom. Across, it's only about three hours. Yeah, it's only I mean, I've I, ever done it. I mean, I'll tell you, growing up in the Wiregrass, and if you don't know where that is in Alabama, you basically go to Montgomery and go south, and it's kind of like that middle line. It's not quite in Mobile and in that area. Monroeville, you've yeah, gone yeah. too far. But it's kind of like this the, the the middle like the middle chunk south of montgomery in in, in alabama the part where the don't go. yeah it's it's, the, literally it's the part where the it's where the, don't go. where the black belt is is, is this Conecuh? is that over there by Conecuh? Conecuh, Conecuh yeah. county's in there yeah yeah, yeah. Conecuh county was near where i used to I used to live anyway so it's this it's this place that literally like that whole half of the state almost the only decent sized cities are dothan troy kind of but troy's not really that big that's it and then you have to either go to montgomery or go all the way down to mobile and when i was growing up um 
if you wanted to go see a movie, you had to go at least a half an hour to Enterprise and watch and watch a movie. And that was very limited in their selection. If there was a movie you really wanted to, you probably were gonna have to drive an hour just wow. to get yeah, I mean, there, and then an it, hour back after. This is um, this is not a not an uncommon thing in Alabama because like no. Fort Payne is the biggest city in DeKalb County, and like so everything is there and when i was growing up there's nothing in those towns like a gas station uh rainsville was the only one that had like a mcdonald's and and some of those were like 20 25 minutes from fort Payne. so if they wanted to do anything they had to drive that far to do something so it's not yeah, not man. an uncommon thing in, in this now, in there this there are certain pockets of alabama where you're just like you're gonna have to go a ways to get to anything yeah yeah yeah, I mean, it's, def- it's not it's definitely some of the northern corners and then South Alabama. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, basically, there's like quadrants. Basically, it's anything like yeah. outside of Birmingham. Like you've got Huntsville up here uh, and then Birmingham sort of in the middle, then Montgomery a little lower and then Mobile. But there's nothing on those corners like yeah, at all. It's crazy. I think a, on the website a couple of years ago, we did a um, like pick a county or something like that. Or you were going to? I think it'd still be interesting. Like we started doing the uh, the best athlete from each county. Yeah, oh, yeah. who was the best athlete from each early, county? Early Alabama. COVID project, I think. And I, for like, whatever reason, Alabama Auburn? has like a million counties. No, just from from that county to do anything. We have like, sixty four right counties, sixty something. It's a lot. It's like, Six, maybe. it's like half the amount of Georgia counties. Yeah. Georgia has Georgia, more as many Georgia counties has, as te- Georgia has more counties than Texas. Yeah, yeah. Georgia's yeah. George's is obscene. Um, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Trying to think of who would be the most famous athlete from best athlete from where I grew up. I mean, our town there was really nothing, but which uh, game? Covington, Covington County. If I can find my Evan question. McPherson's the only guy to be drafted into a professional league. So uh, uh, I played high school basketball against Nico point. Johnson. Played at Alabama. Played in the NFL for a little while. Yeah. Nice. Uh, oh no! Oh, I know who it is. Uh, Andalusia High School had Robert Ori. Oh yeah, that's, that's right. Oh that's yeah. The answer. So, Robert Ori would probably be the answer. Big shot, Bob. From my hometown, from yeah, Long I had Long Robert Ori, Frank Tolbert uh, for Covington County. Frank Tolbert. Yeah, Frank Tolbert. Fra- Frank Tolbert from fingers. Red Level. Six fingers, baby. From Red Level, baby. Red we- Level, where their uh, high school team was not the color red; they were black and yellow for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I never got that. Seems weird. Same same thing. Uh, black and yellow. Also, the colors for uh, Marlon Davidson's former high school, Greenville. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why Greenville's not green either. But <laughs> interesting. Yeah. We uh we our best athletes from Longview, Texas, are probably David Wesley, former mm-hmm. Charlotte Hornet, New Orleans and Hornet, involved in some yeah uh, the same stuff. David Wesley yeah. and. Uh, Bobby Taylor played for the Eagles for a long time, and oh, yeah. um, what's his uh, Fred Talley, <laughs> Arkansas Razorback, oh, who ran all over Wow, yeah, that guy. But we pl- I played I against it. Adrian Peterson. Would be the best athlete I ever played against. I got an important question for you though about Texas. Um, how close are you, or how close is your hometown? To either one, like two. I mean, big day to Monday. Big day it was uh, uh, for for all of us. Uh, Texas Monthly's annual or not annual, but like every four yeah. years, I think now. Yeah. List of the best barbecue places in Texas. I'm already scouting for the A&M trip. I'm scouting for future trips. Uh, well, this is it. This it was is a, big a very deal important time for me. Because one that was in my hometown was in the last one. 
and it was like top mm-hmm. 10 and it wasn't listed this time. And so oh, I don't, wow. I don't know what happened to bodacious barbecue on Marbley Avenue in Longview, Texas, hmm. but I don't know because it's unbelievable. So I don't know. Yeah. And there's one in Tyler that got named and people in East Texas, Longview and Tyler kind of have a, a thing. And so Tyler getting one in there and Longview not, is kind of a slap in the face. It seemed like there weren't very many East Texas places in this one. No, it was not very East Texas heavy, which is kind of upsetting to us. ton of DFW, though. Now that I live in the Metroplex, I've never heard of half of the ones. And so I'm like, I literally was like, well, going to have to make a couple trips. Because, like, there's a few here. Number one's brand new in Fort Worth. Brand new. And, like, Pecan Lodge. Not listed, which is bonkers to me. Yeah, because that's some of the best barbecue you've ever had. And like we did, uh, yeah, we did in nineteen. We did Heim. And, Heim, uh, not listed. In Fort Worth. Yeah. Hey, I they opened Heim. A, Heim opened a new location. Genius. If you land in Love Field now, when you pull out of the airport, the first thing you will see is a Heim barbecue location. Hmm. So if you if you fl- if you fly in the DFW for the Cotton Bowl when Auburn plays the Cotton Bowl this year, right there, I, I will shout. I mean, this will to Auburn fans directly. I I don't know. I'm still trying to plan out what I'm going to do for the A and M trip. I'm going to try to hit at least one of these spots um, that was listed. But I do have one for Auburn fans. Um, if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, if you fly into Houston, if you're going to College Station for the game this year. Uh, fly into Houston if you fly into Bush you go towards College Station you can go take a little detour a little bit and it won't be that far off to Tomball, Texas oh man um, Tomball, Texas has this place called Tejas Chocolate it, it is a chocolate store like a chocolatier yeah that like a few years ago decided what if we sold brisket what if we got a pitmaster in here and what if we sold brisket and it's weird but it was it was top ten in uh, Texas monthly in their last list, and it is legit. I mean, Tom Ball's yeah. in the middle of nowhere, but so is College Station. It's, it's in the middle of nowhere. We and, went and we were like, "Oh wow, we're way out of here." <laughs> all I know about College Station is there's a place called the Hullabaloo Diner that my my cousins used to live by. That's like the classic hole in the wall Texas breakfast diner spot, yeah. and they do all you can eat biscuits and gravy. And they're oh my god, they're really the, good. College Station is Dude, like a challenge. Yeah, maybe the my I you know I didn't stay there. I stayed in Houston and drove up and, Smart. and back. But uh, it was not the, the only thing that I was like, oh that's cool. There's a golf course right on campus. Yeah, that it. is cool. That is cool. <laughs> that's my, the rest my, of it. It's like super flat. Every building looks yeah. the same. It looks like Auburn um, if you got all the hills and trees. And every building looked the same. Like it's all yeah. like it's. If all was a military college, it didn't have it an architecture school. It looked a lot like uh, it looked does. a lot like Kansas State was in a similar deal where every building yeah. looked like the same. It's A and M. Everything about A and M is just too big, and I get it. I mean, it's a, it's a huge campus. There's a lot of people who go there, but everything just feels like way too big. It's it, really spread and, out, and that campus is much is this campus is like, you know, we are playing sim city but we're not really that good at it yet <laughs> that's how that's how a and m is like this is not like, hey, like well this doesn't course. all work together it's not aesthetically pleasing this is like uh, a the third podcast in a row we've made fun of the aggies which i think is fantastic if you uh, think if you think I, they are big you should at some point i don't know when this would happen the texas tech campus is 
outrageous. But like they it, don't have nearly as many people, though. Because it's just this vast... So Texas A&M's campus is 5,200 acres. And Texas Tech's campus is not as big officially, but because it's just under it, it's like 2,000 acres. But because it's a smaller... Like, it's, a, it's not even close to the size of Texas A&M. So it's just these vast spaces between Sprout, buildings. Yeah. Like, you cannot... And it's in the desert, and you're in the it's desert, It's middle of nowhere, and you can't yeah. walk. Like, if you live on one side of campus, and your class is the other side of campus, like, at Auburn, you can, you can very easily walk from the library to the business school. It's not... And kids will complain about it, but it's not that it's not yeah. far of a walk. With that in mind, how did you feel about Fayetteville, Justin? Was this your first time up there? Oh, this is okay. Third, Fayetteville third rules. Uh, I think, and, it's I, a and cool, I don't cool really spend town. time in Fayetteville, and I don't really spend time. I've I've spent time in Fayetteville like once, I think, and I liked it. I think it's kind of a the downtown that whole area is. It it seems to me like a smaller version of Athens. Like you that's could the vibe smoke I get inside. From, that was the, I, I was like, this would be perfect if you could not smoke inside these bars. Because it, it was yeah. a cool. That like, was something. Yeah, yeah. I remember doing, that. not doing that, but I remember going. <laughs> in. Yeah, I don't want to. Don't want to. No. Uh, <laughs> a few years ago, I remember going in there, and I was like, "This." It was pretty cool. Atmosphere but it was different. No, I. Uh, yeah. And if you've never been to Northwest Arkansas before, like Fayetteville and that or region around it, very college town, uh, very yeah. very cool vibe. The rest of it. Um, where you're talking like Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, like the, that whole area, because of the Walmart money and the Tyson Chicken money, yeah. they have all this money and like all this nicer stuff. And it's like this whole corner of the state of Arkansas where they were like, what if we just made an entire area out of the suburbs and there is no city? Like there's like there's no it's very like suburbs of a major metro area. Like it's like it has a lot of the same vibe of like if you're driving around like you know Cobb County or something like that and it's like yeah. well, the, but there's no city to point to like it's like and yeah, we're here no because city. of this like no it's that just whole, like that it whole, all it, looks like this it, it reminded you, me a lot of home uh just because the especially the drive up there because it's just like well the Ozarks are there and it's uh so it's, it's pretty it's a very pretty drive up there um and and I, I thought it's a cool area it's now there's some hills that you got to walk if you're going to be walking around their campus. Like, oh man, where they park us, where they park us for media is like on the edge of campus, and then you yeah. have to walk just a straight hill up yeah, yeah. to the up to the stadium. It's, it's and, uh, let's let's attempt to guide this this ship. Well, I was I was going to ask him about the stadium. That was my question for for Justin. Go for how, it. How do, you, how do you feel about uh, Reynolds Razorback Stadium? I think since it has been renovated, it is one of the better ones in the West. Um, it's better than Ole Miss because going to a football game at Ole Miss is terrible. Um, it's like high school bleachers. And it's and nobody shows up. Everybody's yes. still hanging out in the Grove. Um, but, yeah, no, I think since the renovations is pretty cool. This is the first time I've been to Arkansas where they actually had a crowd. Um, yeah. That was different. Because um, they've yeah, lost now a, five straight – six straight to Auburn, which is just – pretty intense and they've been, but, but this one been this one meant a little bit more this one yeah. meant the most yes. yeah this they really counted that they were good so, enough to beat us this time this is the deal <laughs> and uh i don't think they did uh I no believe. no but well, they will, you know, complain. They will, they will complain for them they would have beat us 
<laughs> if Cam, if the real Cam Newton would show up. So are they still complaining? Cam was about, actually playing quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Are they complaining about the referees in this game and not just the ones oh. from from oh. last year? Let me be clear. I don't know if they're complaining or not because I have at least three quarters of the state of Arkansas muted on Twitter. <laughs> Between is it is it because of tweeting Chad Morris? Is yes, it's mostly the chat. It's mostly Chad Morris stuff, and I was just like, if Guys, you dude. have even remotely, and and here's the here's a little uh, little inside baseball for me. Like I do that a lot of times with rival fans. Period. Yeah. Like if a rival fan is like in my mentions, like saying something stupid, I'm like, well, I know you're not my target audience. I don't ever need to hear from <laughs> yeah. you. Like, yeah. bye. Yeah, yeah. You know, Chad Morris like, uh, so coaches people, here now. And, <laughs> there's so many people that are like on like. Uh, like that, I think Auburn people even follow like uh, that are like on Alabama Twitter or like Georgia. Twitter. It's like it, you are you are ghost to me. Yeah. I don't need to hear. I don't need to hear or see any of this. Like Chad- it just clogs up my mentions whenever. Like, yeah, that's what happens when you hire Chad Morris. Shut up. No one cares. Chad Morris coaches here now. Programs are relevant. And uh, he took over head coaching at Allen High School. It has not gone well, from what I've heard. Uh, they hadn't lost a game in the regular season in years, and then old Chad Moore showed up and it said, "Well, we will. Right? We'll put a change to that right now. Go ahead and lose a couple games. People are not thrilled up here in uh, the suburbs." And I, and I don't want to punch. And I don't want to punch down. And I don't want to punch across. And like, here's be very clear. Um, my feelings about this person have been very well documented. If you know me. Um, but something similar is happening at UCF right now. And that fan base is not used to what's right. going on at the moment. And I did not know. I don't know how they're going to react because yeah. yes, losing to Cincinnati is one thing. Like they got smoked by Cincinnati and like maybe Cincinnati is, is going to be like the Georgia, you know, like where it's like, well, you know, <laughs> wait, what are you supposed to do there? Yeah. Like losing to Navy and then losing them in the fashion they did to Louisville. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, they thought that dude was going to come in there and bring success and stability forever. Right. And it's like, I just don't know. Like, with time, I, I think it, I think it could work, let's, so obviously. But. Let's stay on the offensive side of the ball. We got a question from James Jones of collegeofmagnolia.com. He writes in, hey, Ferg, how in his bag was Mike Bobo on Saturday? Very. I thought Mike Bobo's had a really good first seven games uh, for yeah. the most part. I think everybody can point – like. When your biggest complaint as a as a fan about the offensive coordinator is like, well, he didn't throw the or he didn't run the ball those couple of times, like, yeah, I mean, I get that. Um, but I thought, I mean, he had he had uh, he had Barry Odom on skates most of that game. Yeah, and, I agree. And the fact that Auburn is in a spot where they want to be, we're gonna, be, you know, think about coming into the season, we're like, we're gonna play man football, we're gonna play power, run downhill, you know, fullbacks, tight ends, <laughs> it's the future, we're back, you know, nineteen seventy five all over again. Um, to have that mentality and to have that style, but then also like third and anything, the ones Auburn were successful on, it was just like, hey, we're going five wide, it doesn't matter, we're gonna do stuff pre snap and we're gonna mess with you and we're gonna convert it, and it's like. Yeah, Arkansas tried their little soft zone against one on third down early in the game, and like uh, I can't remember who it was. Might have been actually, might have been Landon King. Just came wide open, and it yeah. was like, oh yeah, we're not doing that again. If we're gonna get beat, at least get beat doing man. Like, and for the so for the rest of the game, they had that little cover one, and uh, you know, 
Bo converts that third down late on it, and then they try it again when Bo scores on the draw uh, to end the game. Basically, put the nail in the coffin, and Aaron Murray's freaking out in the in the thing. He's like, <laughs> "Why? Why do they only have five in the box?" It's like because there's five wide receivers out yeah. there. <laughs> Either you're gonna have no safety help, or somebody's gonna be uncovered. And he's like, well, "There's no way they're gonna throw the ball." It's like, "Well, Aaron, that's an RPO, brother. Like, <laughs> if it's open, they will throw it." Um, but no, I thought, thought he, had, I thought he had an excellent, thought he had an excellent uh, play calling game, and um, you know, even though they couldn't run the ball downhill and and run the ball effectively, which is kind of an issue, um, they still found ways to get it done and 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 give Bo all the tools and the you know success they needed to make it work. Who? And, what uh, would you say is the issue with that? Because we, Ryan has a question because it's a bye week. Like, what have you been disappointed in? Right, it's, it's got to be the running game with Tank Bixby in this offensive line. Like that was the one thing yeah. going into the year we thought that's the guarantee, that's the lock. We're going to be able to run the ball. Yeah, I think it's the blocking. I think the blocking is not yeah. consistent. Um, the line kind of stinks, and <laughs> even even hey, they had an through. excellent game in pass protection this week. Well, that's okay, the they're doing better at that. It's like they've sacrificed uh, what they can right. do. Run blocking and I and I've it's been every of, year since 2017 they go back and forth. Well, this year they yep. can kind of pass block. This year it's, they can kind of it's run like block. the pops from Friday. We got cereal, no milk. I I just assume that that part of it must be something with the scheme change has that they're struggling with run blocking. But I I don't I don't know. Yeah, um, and it's and it's on obvious running situations. Like they like their power success rate this season is like one of the worst in college football. So these short yardage plays they're getting stuffed on. Um but I think, you know, they've been able to find ways to kind of get it going. I just think it's just there's something a little off. You know, some people will point out like there's some plays where you know Tank's not hitting the right hole or Jarquez isn't hitting the right hole and it's like yeah, that's going to happen. Um uh, but I also think when you have a lack of consistent you know, push up front, not creating the holes quite as frequently. It's harder for those running backs to kind of get in a rhythm. Um, and so Tank everything's quick. just a little off kilter. But Tank like, it's pretty good catching they the rock. Back. They ran the ball against Penn State pretty well. Yeah. Tank was okay catching stacked. the rock on the outside, which was nice. Like, it's almost like Bobo's like, look, if we can't run it with him, let's at least well, they're wanting throw to it to him. Hands, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, guys, are, teams are stacking the box on us, too. Like, that, that, that a lot of that. Because. That's what I wanted to ask is how much of it is teams selling out saying, Hey, make Bo Nix beat us. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and trying to stuff Tank and, and Jerquez. And now that Tank or now that Bo is kind of showing maybe he can beat you, does that start to change a little bit? Uh, right. I, I think, I think, yeah, I think a good bit of it is that from the last few weeks. But I will say the Arkansas game, though, is kind of the shift a little bit because Bo was showing you that you could throw the ball and win. And also there were third and ones and third and twos where it was like, I don't care how many people they have in the box. You're an SEC football team. You should be able to get this first down, right? Yeah, right. And yeah. that's the thing, right? Like it's, it's the short yardage. We have to run it, and we don't. And that got leads to things. blown think, up real bad a couple of times uh, on those, right. in those situations. And there are a couple of times this season where it's like, well, why aren't they running the ball in the red zone? It's like, because that's not the most effective way to move the ball and score right now. Against, I mean, it just isn't. In these in these kind of short yard situations. So, maybe, uh, Demetrius Robertson even said it after the game on Saturday. It's like, well, maybe, you know, if we show, we meaning the wide receivers, uh, if we show that 
we can make plays and beat you through the air, maybe that'll give people more respect and not be going one-on-one as much on the outside with these guys and, and knowing that they have to respect what they're doing in that in, in the passing game and then run downhill off of it. I don't think the overall rushing attack has been a super disappointment because it has just been a couple of games of you know lackluster playing. One of them was Georgia. Yeah, one of them um, was Georgia, exactly. But I think it's that, you know, not being able to run the ball when everybody in the building knows you're trying to run the ball is a problem just because that's the identity that you want to have. You want to have that style and you just you just don't really have it. I'm it seems uh, like they're getting more comfortable running bow. The last two the last well, this game especially, it was only five runs, but you know, the yeah, and it really didn't happen until the fourth quarter. Yeah, they were all in the right. fourth quarter. <laughs> it seems like the offense right. typically works better when he does, but you know, it's easy to say, Oh, just run him all the time and then he gets hurt halfway through the season. Yeah. Sure. I, I think situationally it's smarter. Um, Bo Nix to me even at his best is not a guy you want to run 10-15 times a game sure. you just don't you, that's not he's not built for that he's not KJ Jefferson he is not yeah. Cam Newton uh, he is not <laughs> and KJ Jefferson is not Cam Newton uh, they're so similar man they both uh, one of them is three inches taller tall one of them has breakaway speed the other one does not um, you know but other than that, I mean, they're mirror images. And, like, <laughs> exactly here's the thing. The here's the thing. I, I think there were some Arkansas uh, – I want to call them media types, but I think some of them might have been fans uh, around me in the press box on Saturday that thought I was, like, making fun of K.J. Jefferson. Uh, I love K.J. Jefferson. Like, to me, if you're not going to be Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, give me that kind of college football yeah. quarterback. Yeah, he's like, a give fun me the. Like, yeah, give me the, you know, yeah, give me the Cardale Jones. Like, that's that's kind of the style I mean, he has. Like, I, I, I'm I big, and I can throw it a mile. Right. Can I, I do any of the finesse stuff? Problem. Maybe not. I think he could oh, be yeah. a big problem for, for the you know, in the future, because he's what? Is he a sophomore? Yeah, he's a sophomore. They yeah. need more than one receiver. Yeah. Um, he would win a Heisman in Texas. Put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, Rohan Davey won a national championship. Or no, Rohan Davey uh, didn't win a national championship. He got really close, though. He does He does have a kind of a uh, – his vibe to me is very much like the 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 pricier version of – the premium version of a Tyrone Swoops, speaking of Texas. Like he is yeah. like – you know, he is the, he is the step up. So it actually Swoops. like works out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not predictable, but like he can actually <laughs> – but it's like I love, I love a dude like that. Give me a power running quarterback and throw it a mile, and like we'll figure out the rest. Like a Blake Bell. Like, those are that's a fun that's a fun player, huh? Like a power version of Blake Bell, like a better version of Blake Bell. Yeah, Bell Dozer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, somebody compared him to kind of like uh, college, like uh, like college version of Steve McNair. That's kind of what he looks like, you know. McNair got McNair got all the McNair got, you know, a lot more polish in the NFL, obviously, but. Yeah, but yeah, that, that's the type of quarterback I really, I really like. But for Bo, it's like he is six one, and you know, two hundred pounds on a good day or whatever they list him at. You know, not don't want to have that dude get hit a ton. All right, let's let's take a quick break. We've already talked for fifty five minutes, and I want to get back to the most important thing we can talk about besides Justin's me without you t shirt. We're yes. gonna go. We're here at 54 minutes and 55 seconds, Jack. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. We're going to talk Auburn basketball. Auburn basketball, quickly, Ken Palm came out 28th, AP poll 22nd, which means, in my estimation, the stats and the voters, I think they don't realize that Auburn has Kevin Durant on its team. I, I think... <laughs> There's I really not enough think, data for Ken Palm for sure because yeah. like literally half the team was not on the team last year and they were all elsewhere. When Jabari Smith puts like 40 on some team, I don't know what the reaction is going to be in Auburn. I definitely <laughs> know what the national reaction is going to be. Yeah. Can I can I uh, can I brag on myself a little bit? I hate doing this, but no, go I, for I feel it. like it's I feel like we do it's, it all the time for you. I feel like it's important to do it here because of who who this is that I'm about to bring up. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I got a question from friend of the program, Josh Dub, for one of my mailbags, where the where the question was, "What is your projection for Auburn starting ranking Kempom this season?" And I said, it "Looks like the 20s. You know, advanced stats are great." But a lot of these are going to be returning production, overall production. Like, there are a lot of good, experienced college basketball teams this year. There are a lot of teams that might not have the talent level of Auburn because I think if Auburn's humming, there's going to be very few teams that have more talent, pure raw talent than Auburn does that are higher than them right now. It's just going to take a time, some time for this, for this team to gel. And I wrote in my answer, I think the 20s make sense. Maybe even a little lower because uh, Arkansas was in the 40s last season, and they went transfer heavy, and of course, you know that didn't matter. They were they ran the way the way they did, and so um, you know it's good to be right every now and then. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I mean I, I'm it's I was not surprised by um, by those those numbers. I you know personally I think they're they'll be shown to be a little low. But um, without, I mean, both the voters and the, the the number crunchers don't have enough data, and and we don't really yeah. as fans, no. other than other than you know our our own made up expectations for for some of these guys. So uh, you know the twenties, I I think a lot of people may think that's disrespectful, but I I kind of think it the way last year played out, I think it's. I mean, that's they're showing Auburn some respect there. Um, yeah. By, by well, and, and Ken Palm doesn't even realize he's out, so it, it yeah. doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't know that your best returning player is not hurting or is right. not returning until close to the end of the season. It I, doesn't I, I matter. There's a guy on the team who might be the number one pick in the draft. No, no, no. I, I understand. I, I'm just it saying doesn't know that he's going to be a little tough to get the number one. But I'm an unknown right now. That's your number one. Number one's Holmgren, and I don't think. I think Chet Holmgren's got that pretty much locked in. But I think that Jabari... I mean, yeah, and I think because of Holmgren, it's like he is literally someone you don't have. Like, they they don't make Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren's only like, one of Chet Holmgren. Like, it's there's just not... Yeah. And I think... But I do think Jabari could, could creep top three in this draft. 
And I, but, but again, like I, like I asked earlier, like, I don't know what the jungle will do when it looks up and Jabari's put on some sort of like 31-21 game, which is like, which I say that is if... line and dunks on three guys and against Bama or something well, like Well, like, <laughs> I say that like 31-21 is outrageous. It is outrageous. Yeah. It's also fully within the realm of this person's basketball ability at this level. Like, he is that good of a scorer in that many different ways and also a pretty okay rebounder at the high school level that you would imagine could translate to the college level as well. It's going to probably play a lot of four, too. So put on 20 pounds as well. I'm, this guy, I, I don't think we have a comp for this because we've got – We've done Sharif, but that was a guard. And that was also kind of something we've no. never seen before. We've done Chuma, but that was a sophomore. We don't. Yeah. You, and, you and, have and, never, you've never yeah. seen a player like this. Okoro yeah, was period. defensively like this, maybe. But even this, he wasn't hyped. Like, Jabari Smith no. is something else. Yeah. yeah I, I think you're right. And and I, I honestly think those can will jump up pretty quick in Ken Palm, I think is what's going to happen. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure when we play our first, uh, actually good game, uh, against anybody with a, a pulse that'll actually help us there. But, um, I, I don't think we'll be down in the twenties very long unless things Those games go come pretty quick. Bad. Those games yeah, come Atlantis pretty quick. Gonna, Atlantis is going to be a pretty big, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. You got UConn in the first game. They're 21st in Ken Palm. Now that, I mean, that could do it right there. Yeah, and your your second opponent you know, could be I can't remember who's lined up, but maybe like Michigan State or uh, yep. Loyola Chicago. I mean, yeah. good team. Chicago, I mean, yeah. those those are games you could lose and move up in Ken Palm. So yeah, and then as soon as you yeah. come back, you play UCF, who's sixty first. Um, you've got St. Yeah. Louis, who's ninety second. That's a road game. I mean, you have a pretty good amount of top one hundred opponents in non-con. And then a, a ton of top 100 opponents and con. Right. <laughs> it's like the whole league almost. No, this is really, it's a really deep league. Literally, there's the SEC and Georgia. <laughs> that's great. That's a question I have, Justin. What's up? How is the? I did a SEC pick'em with Rocky Nation. They put it out for whatever reason. They asked me to do it for our site, and obviously, I did it and. I noticed at the end that I had picked Georgia to lose every single game this year. And it was <laughs> and it was mainly because I I didn't see a winnable game. Like every and it was it was the way that it was presented was you didn't have all of Georgia's games. You went week by week. And so you had forgotten yeah. that I'd I'd forgotten each week that I'd picked them to lose last week. Are they Well, here's the here's They're the gonna thing. be bad, bad, right? Like here's here's the thing. The projected record for Georgia on Kempom right now is Three and fifteen oh, in SEC play, but goodness. but listen, if you look at the games themselves, and, and it's in a kind of a game by game. So like three and fifteen right, is like this right. is what a team with these this efficiency would probably be expected to do over a course of uh, a conference game. But if you look at it game by game, Georgia's not going to be favored to win a single one of them. That's okay. Um, so I'm not crazy. They're going to lose every yeah. game. Their highest, I mean, their highest winning percentage. Win first high, game. <laughs> highest winning percentage. They have two. They have uh, they they have two thirty five percent chances against A and M at home and at South Carolina at home. They have a thirty four percent chance against Vandy at home 
And then the next closest is 28%, which is a home game against Ole Miss. And then it drops off a cliff to 20%. So, uh, uh, Vandy's going to be bad, too. Basketball coaches don't usually get fired, Ben Deere. Does Tom Crane make it uh, to the end of the year? They don't because, care, man. If they win the national wow. championship in football, they they don't care if other sports play. All right. I, I, I want to say this. If you look at their game by game, well, this is a weird schedule. Is this true? It says they, they're playing South Carolina State twice, um, which might help them. Um, Good on them. If you look on at a game by night. game on if you look at a game by game on Ken Palm, Georgia is predicted to go nine and twenty uh, nine and twenty two with an zero and eighteen record in SEC play. Just game by game, just raw, Gosh. just like here's you know. All right, here we Here's go, Justin. Here's what you would do if you put every game in a vacuum. Over-under. What are, it's not really an over-under. Which is higher? Total number Auburn wins this year in basketball. Total number Georgia losses. Which one's the higher number? Which one's the higher number? Uh, Auburn wins. Well, I guess if you include I mean, the tournament. Like, look, it ain't, it ain't going to be. Yeah, yeah. That's about to say. Like, it ain't going to be like a. By the way, Ken Baum has Auburn with a 94% chance to beat uh, Georgia. <laughs> wow. Uh, in uh, that home game in uh, in January. But, yeah, it's – it's the thing about Auburn is it's going to take up some time to gel. The fact that – the fact that your best player from last season is not back until the midway point at the earliest, yeah. it's going to be something to get used to. This non-conference schedule is not a breeze by any means. Uh, there are some there are some good mid-majors on this. Like Auburn's going to be expected to win most of these games, but they're going to get tested. They're going to get tested um, uh, by by a lot. Of, I mean, like Moorhead State made the tournament last year. They're not going to be pushovers. If if we win that that game against UConn, uh, it's going to be hard for me to uh, control the hype train uh, in my own head, <laughs> like. Just because that's early, so early, mm-hmm. and you know, it's a brand new team. Like, yeah, the starting five is going to be mostly brand new. Um, well, especially uh, because all of these guys, even the ones that are coming back, we really haven't seen them in yeah. packed out Auburn. Arena. Yeah, I mean, Dylan Cardwell. I say this every time we talk about Auburn basketball. <laughs> Dylan Cardwell in Auburn Arena this year. It's going to be crazy. He and, might, he and might like, only play. It's going to be tough for him to get on the floor. Yeah, it's exactly. It's like, I don't know how many, many minutes he actually gets. Just watching him on the bench. There's waving towels. That's true. Ripping his shirt off. But 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 Chris Moore is the same way. I, I'm extremely excited to see him get 10, 15 minutes a game, especially earlier in the year. Yeah, I think earlier in the year you're going to see a lot more Chris Moore um, because I think that is – this has got to be the year where they kind of lock him into saying, Hey, you're a three. Um, yeah. I know you were a big man in high school. You're a three now. And you know, you need to play like it, been, but I mean, he showed, he showed promise in that jumper, last year. So. Yeah. Working on his jumper. He, he already had a good, he had good percentage last season, but it was a low sample size, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, the numbers bear it out. Like Auburn was just a much better team when he was on the floor. The on off numbers with him are, absurd and uh i mean that's just he's the pure like spark plug off the bench kind of yeah, guy. yeah i i think he a, a lot of people wanted devin cambridge to be uh, the the new malik but I, I really think chris moore is is the new malik without the uh 
without the uh, cl- early Malik classic Malik moments. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Come along with it. He he hasn't made any of those crazy, uh, hilarious mistakes that uh, Malik could make at times. Uh, uh, but he's. I mean, I, he's. I think he's probably uh, just a more consistent player than Malik was. But it's that's again on a very small sample size. Um, and, and to Devin's credit, I, I think Devin really improved last year. Um, he he was great off the bench, I thought, last year. So um, I, I, I'm i excited about seeing more Devin, seeing if he's developed further. Um, that seems it, to be the word. Uh, that, that's the one that I think that's the guy you hear about the most taking a step forward this, this offseason was Devin. Well, from an athletic standpoint, it's like if he did – it, he would be an, he would be an unbelievable offensive player just because his well, balance I, is outrageous. His athleticism I, I is just, through the roof. What I want to see from him is like ten points a game, not twenty five points every, you know, ten games or fifteen or. <laughs> Bruce called it. Bruce called him the best rebounding guard they had on the team, and yeah. that was not a strength of his game like yeah. no not at all yeah. and yeah, he, but but Bruce uh, usually... he had one of the lowest def- he had one of the lowest defensive rebounding percentages uh, among the regular guys last season Bruce usually has a good rebounding guard on the team he and got... they challenged him he's got to be that guy especially early in the year with, like, with Allen out Mustafa was a rebounding guard like I he mean, just, like he was unbelievable at that just how high up he can get like he may not be able to position himself as well as as your normal rebounded guards usually are good at just getting in a good position um and knowing where the ball is going to go off the rim just being able to jump like he can if they could harness that in a way that makes it where he can just grab boards where no matter where he is um uh, if he if he doesn't have good position or whatever that that could that could be great for us well it's gonna it's gonna take him going to the net more as well uh he's yeah he hangs out i think he had like a 60 60 percent uh three-point attempt rate or so last year yeah Uh, get that i mean mean, you can be you can be a much better you can be a much better rebounding guard if you just crash boards on defense yeah yeah right you know you still be the still be the bomber that they probably need him to be um because i think he's got the most kind of like come off the bench well, you know when they're full strength come off the bench and just gun the kind of game to him um but yeah it's just i mean defensive rebounding also is a mentality thing you know how many how many how many good basketball players how many good rebounders is bruce coach where you're like there's nothing physically about you that make that makes you should be good at that and i would even throw like an alan flanagan in there like alan flanagan is six six he's built um, he's he's strong, but like, it's not like he's some towering presence that has right. like these super long arms. But man, does he go after the ball and 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 go? I mean, he had it with Deshaun Murray. I was talking about Stoff earlier. Yeah, a lot of dudes like that, and it's a mentality thing. And I think that's with that's Simeon Bowers trying to put into the go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that's the that's part also is it's it's fun because you know if you get that on defense. I mean, you know a guy like Walker Kessler can rebound. You know that Jabari can rebound. You know that Jalen can rebound. You're going to get a lot of that from around. It's just those if those wings can kind of step up their game a little bit. I mean, this is going to be a it's going to be a really nasty rebounding unit 
And then having Walker on the floor would be pretty good for offensive boards because, as you know, he played at the University of North Carolina, uh, which all they do is try to tip the ball out and get offensive rebounds. So it's hilarious that we've made it 20-something minutes into our basketball conversation, and we just now mentioned Walker Kessler, who might be the second-best player on this team. Uh, No, and I I think that's – Chief, you're absolutely right because I I have thought about how much I've forgotten about Walter Kessler. Yeah, yeah. Like every time somebody brings him, like, oh yeah, man, I forgot. When like normal years, that would be like the most exciting piece of (laughs) this upcoming season. But because Jabari exists, well, here's the other thing. I thought Jabari got overlooked during a stretch in the summer. He kind of. I think it was Walker Mania for a little while. Yeah, and then it got bad. It's like, oh, by the way. There's a guy who's six ten and might be the best three point shooter on the team, and he's the best prospect you've ever gotten. He's coming, and then it's yeah. like, oh yeah. I think when it actually came out there, when it was like, you know, and, and this is, I guess this, is, I mean, this might be a little mean, um, but it's not not what I'm trying to portray here. But like, you watch Jabari practice and you see footage of him, it's like, oh my mm-hmm. god, this is a yeah. large man playing like a guard. And then you yeah. watch Walker play, and it's like. That's a big dude playing basketball. Like that, yeah, yeah, like yeah. his shot, his motion, a lot of that is very big man. Which he's got a weird. Oh, he's seven one. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. you know. It's the difference between when you watch like, Kristaps uh, Porzingis, who's seven three, but looks yeah. like a seven foot three guy playing yeah, really right. athletic basketball. Well, I mean, the, and this is, and he. It, Walker is very athletic, and he's going to be able to run the floor and do a lot of stuff for Auburn that you haven't really had stretch yeah. for, definitely, in a seven-foot-one player. But, like, let's keep in mind the defending NBA MVP looks like a dude who plays in flip-flops. Like, that, that's his game. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's Jokic's game. Um, Jokic is the most – the point yet. Jokic is the guy that, like, I legitimately think if, if a player like a Nikola Jokic would play at Auburn, he would be – like jersey in the rafters, every kid would have a Jokic jersey yeah. on. He'd be the fan favorite of this school. I thought that ever since he came into the league, I was like, this dude would be the Auburn, like the Bruce Pearl. Yeah, just just playing yeah. ugly, efficient basketball. Ugly, like, efficient, like, like a, beautiful ugly, but passing. Like, just oh my, like, extremely yeah. good Horace Spencer. Is that what we're, we're, we're talking about here? <laughs> no, like it's like Simeon Bowers. <laughs> like Simeon Bowers, <laughs> if Simeon was seven feet tall and could make passes like behind his head and get every if rebound. Sim- yeah. 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 If Simeon Bowers grew up watching, uh, you know, Arvita Sabonis, right. like that's, 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 the, that's his, that's, that's how, that's how it goes. But yeah, that's the crazy thing is like, and Walker, I mean, again, Walker, uh, seven foot one dude who can shoot from deep. Like Auburn's never had that period. You've no. barely even had six, 10 dudes like Jabari <laughs> who can shoot like from that, at that height. But, um, we're about to hit this stretch where like Walker's kind of, but it was great to have Jokic have this because we're about to hit this period in basketball where like we're gonna get a bunch of seven footers that don't play like seven footers. Right. Yeah. Um, Holmgren's one of them. The I don't know. Durant effect is, is what I would. Have well, y'all seen the unicorn have effect? Have y'all seen? Have y'all seen? Uh, yeah, and there's a lot of them like that, but they're only gonna get more athletic and then even taller yeah, somehow. It's because people finally figured out, even though a kid is tall. Yes. At, at, at you know eight years old, don't make him play post. Make him a guard. Yeah. And then exactly. He's still tall when he grows up. Okay, he can play in the post, but he'll have these guard skills. Can, can I get really dorky really quick? Like this is super draft stuff. Um, do y'all know about uh, Victor Webinyama? Yeah. From France. Yeah. 
He's okay. probably the number. If it's not going to be Holmgren, it's going to be this this kid. And it's like I, I think he might come over. I don't know when he's coming over, but he is 17 years old. He is 7'2", 225. He is the best player whenever he steps on the floor, wherever he goes. He has torn it up for the for France's under-19 team, you know, all their youth teams. He started playing professional basketball when he was 15. Um, for PSG, he averages, do they have a basketball team? <laughs> no, uh, I think he plays with, like, uh, who does he play for? He just moved to teams, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he's got one of the one of those teams like that. But uh, he um, he is seven two and is just a, a like averages like when he goes to these youth tournaments, he averages like seven blocks a game. <laughs> but he's got an offensive game where he can play face up and he can drive to the basket. And he can put the ball on the floor. He's a pretty good passer as well. And it's terrifying because he's seventeen years old. But like these are what the if somebody in the draft comp said like like okay well game wise what do you what does he remind you of? He's like all right Anthony Davis on offense, Rudy Gobert on defense, and it's like well <laughs> yeah he's the why best even player. play basketball at that point? Like, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah he plays for ASV. You have the most skilled big man of his generation on offense and the most dominant defensive <laughs> defensive center maybe you know of, of this era at least. And he played so and against the U nineteen uh, U S team, which included Chet Holmgren. Um, Victor Webanyama had twenty two points, eight rebounds, and eight blocks. But France lost because he fouled out with two and a half minutes left. Oh. So he didn't even play the whole game. And he had oh, so he, twenty two eight and eight. So another another Horace Spencer reference. Here. <laughs> <laughs> he French played Horace his, Spencer. Yeah, he played his first. Uh, <laughs> He played his first professional game when he was 15, and in his debut against grown men, mm. he had he 22 points, 10 rebounds, seven blocks. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like man. if you're 15 and doing that, like I don't. But that's the future. Like we're just gonna keep, <laughs> we're just gonna keep, keep getting taller, and more athletic. So we'll, yeah, maybe Auburn will get a guy like that soon because like Walker and Jabari are freaks. Like that's the thing. It's like they are unicorns. They are freaks as in their own right. It's like yeah, yeah. This might just be the beginning. I think. I think that. Yeah, I think you're right, Justin. Because it, it people and it's not like high school coaches didn't figure this out. It's like parents, uh, YouTube people that are t- teaching people how to teach people to play basketball. Yep. Finally figured out. Just because your, you know, seven-year-old is taller than all the other kids, don't don't just stick them down there in the post and then leave them there the rest of their lives. So then they they turn fifteen and they don't have any uh, of those those any. Um, we're talking any skills. Outside. Another one of those players that was on that U nineteen US team that would be many Auburn fans' favorite player plays for Louisiana Tech, but his name is Kenneth Lofton Jr. Yeah. Oh, and he's he the son of fun. one yeah. Kenny Lofton, and he is yeah. super fun to watch. Yeah, he's a big guy. He's like Glenn. He reminds tank. me of like Glenn B- Baby Davis with a better like passing offensive game. But he's a really fun player to watch. But I don't know what happened because he was not offered by many D one teams. I think La Tech was the only wow his only real offer. Yep. But he's awesome. 
So does Auburn score? He's uh, six. He's six seven two seventy five. By the yeah, way, yeah, he's gigantic. Six seven two seventy five. Kenny Lofton wasn't a big dude. No, he? Kenny Lofton is not a big dude like that. I don't think he's. I don't think he's the Kenny Lofton we know. So okay. I think I, I think I got. I think I looked that up as well. He's a different Kenneth Lofton. Yeah. Because oh. um, I think if also if his if he was Kenny Lofton's if Kenny Lofton was his dad he would go by Kenny right like I would. You know, yeah, like, yeah I am Kenny Lofton Jr. Well, Tim Hardaway right. Jr. goes by Tim Hardaway, I guess. So, yeah. so would is Auburn going to score 140 points in a game this year? 140 sounds a little steep. Um, what is the record? And I want to know if we break it. That's the. Yeah, that's a. That's a they can uh, They they broke one uh, not too long ago, didn't they? I wonder what the record for individual rebounds in a game is for Auburn. That's one of my favorite records. Because only because I know that Shaq holds the one for high school basketball in the Texas State playoffs. It's I, with fifty while rebounds. Look, while I'm good lord, uh, while I'm looking this up, did y'all not to switch it tw- straight back to football? But did y'all see the the LSU the team that couldn't run for, against anybody? Oh yeah, yeah. Just set did a record. you see the two? T- did you see the Ty Davis Price numbers? Yeah, those are insane. He broke, a lot of yards. He broke Fournette's single game record at LSU, and then he became uh, he became the guy who has run more for more yards at a single game than anybody against Florida. And that record was held by Her- Herschel Walker. Yep. And <laughs> guys, that Dan Mullen is just he's got to be he's got to Dan Mullen <laughs> should have been the one that got fired, not Coach O. <laughs> Coach O won a national championship. Dan Mullen hadn't won a, a division. Dan Mullen is probably Coach O did a lot of things. Yeah, he won a division last year. That's right, he won the division last year. Yeah, I mean, he's going to win you nine, ten games, so that sort of makes him safe anyway. But he's probably yeah. safe this year just by the sheer fact that USC and LSU are both open. Um, and, and unless you want to just can him now and try to hire Lane Kiffin, I don't, I don't really know what you're. Uh, what you're doing there? Before. Auburn's record, Auburn's record for points in a game, by the way, is 141. Uh, they did that against Troy uh, when they oh, were right. in '91 when Troy was in its peak. Yeah, yeah. Don Maestri, you know, we're gonna do the LMU playbook over and over again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 140, 141. That is pretty tough to try to pull off. Uh, I'm gonna did, say they don't get it, but I bet we shoot more threes than that team did. <laughs> yes, because uh, they've broken the record a couple times under Bruce um, yeah. for three-pointers made and three-pointers attempted in a game. I think that Bama game was one of them not too long ago. I think Bryce has Will the record Jabari for Bruce. have North Alabama on. Doesn't Bryce, John, Bryce Brown have the makes and miss records? At Auburn? Yeah, probably. Sure. Most made and most yeah. missed in a game? I think that's yeah, what I mean. yeah, UNA Play might be years. the team to catch in that. It'll be coming off that Nebraska game. Um, ULM. I assume Jabari scores fifty points in the game if we score one hundred and forty. <laughs> the hype or it's one of the, or it's one of those the games. You know, usually, one of those games when you score that many points, it's one of those things where you look up and it's like nobody has, dropped like yeah. nobody dropped like forty or fifty, but like there were a couple of twenties and then everybody else scored in the teens. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. we have oh, that adds yeah. up. I want yeah, people to know that Coastal Carolina a couple of years ago, Jabari. Yeah. Jabari they Smith's the kind of guy who LeBron, when he's playing the Hawks, would might come to a game. <laughs> like those types of players might be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go catch the Auburn game because Jabari's playing." Like, like they used to do for Trey Young when he was at OU when they're playing well, the Mavericks or the Thunder. I, mean, I, go I see can a game. tell you, uh, Sharif will 100% be back for a game this year. I, I, I would have to believe it. Like if they if they have 
you yeah. know, any any time off or they're they're just at home and they played early in the day and we have a night game. Um, you know. Yeah. I, I expect him he'll probably be back. I mean I don't think Isaac came to a game last year. No. It's a, it's a little time. tougher. It's a little tougher. Yeah. Maybe JT. Maybe. Yeah. Um I, I want to point going back to the to the scoring record thing. Uh, I do want to point to ULM as the possibility there more than UNA, and I'll say it because of this. Uh, last season, uh, ULM was 311th in the country in allowing offensive rebounds and 299th in three point defense. So they were giving right. up a lot of giving a lot of up, up a lot of offensive boards and giving up a lot of triples. That's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good recipe. I'll be looking to uh, looking to that. Uh, you know, maybe a little early. We may not have gelled yet. We may not. That that may be the issue with scoring that many points. Uh, is we just may not have uh, gelled as a team yet enough in, in the non-con schedule to uh, to to generate that kind of offense. But again, every other time I feel like that we've scored in the hundreds under Bruce, it's been kind of a uh, an unexpected thing. Like it's like, oh, yeah. we just went off and. Uh, and this yeah, so for example, uh, Auburn versus Coastal Carolina in 2016, uh, Dejo Purifoy, 27 points, Mustafa, 17 yeah. points, Jared Harper, 16 points, yeah. uh, Ronnie Johnson, 11, TJ Dunn, and 10, Will McCoy, 8. That's usually how those go. The walk-ons, yeah, I mean, it's All right. a little bit of everybody. Let's close with this. This is a stat that I just found on the internet. So, as you know, the Auburn men's basketball team is preseason ranked number 22 in the country. This is the last five preseason AP poll appearances for the Auburn Tigers. Okay, 21-22, preseason 22. 19-20, preseason 24. 18-19, preseason 11. Hmm. Auburn was not ranked in a preseason AP poll until you go back to to 1999. Yep. When they were preseason the four, so that's three years in a row now. Is that is that correct? Yeah, three years that's in a row, and then before that it was eighty six, eighty seven, and a preseason rank of twelve. Like, oh, like so I our was last about- five preseason ranks include three years in a row, and then a team in the eighties and a team in before the turn of the century. <laughs> that's unbelievable. That kind of puts into perspective a little bit what we've gone from with Bruce, like how. Yeah. The the dire straits the program had been in, and now three years in a row, preseason ranked, and we're here. I mean that that goes back to what I was saying about feeling like being at twenty something is is respect. It's it's not disrespect. No, um, I think we had this. I think we had not this feeling. I think the the year after might have been the first year. What was the what was the ranking uh, after the final four year? Eleven, right? Eleven. Preseason eleven, and then last year was twenty-four. Twenty, twenty-four. I think we had this conversation last year too. I think it was twenty. Yeah. I think it was last year where everybody was like, "They're disrespecting Auburn." Yeah, it's like, yeah. There was guys, a lot of that. There was a lot of that. guys. And like, here's the thing: like Auburn fans, I love you, obviously, but like, <laughs> you're still trying to. Y- y'all are still trying to learn how to be a basketball uh, basketball fan base. Like, there's a lot of learning left to do, and you know, just because the one college basketball team you watch uh, is is really good. Doesn't mean there's not a lot of other really good ones. And <laughs> this year, there are ones, when you talk about preseason polls, as someone who used to vote in the AP basketball poll, um, 
there's a lot of this where you bank it off of like here's what they did last season and here's who they got coming back there's a lot of that and like a lot of guesswork it's a lot of guesswork and it's not a lot of like uh you know i'm gonna rank most people are gonna rank a higher ranked team rank higher the teams that are just bringing dudes back like i said i don't think anybody I don't think there's a lot of teams that have more raw talent than Auburn does, but like that raw talent's got to prove itself first before everybody gets on board. And just yeah. because you know what Auburn's capable of doesn't mean everyone else is capable of that. Because yeah. take it from someone who's voted in the poll before, it ain't like I was doing a super super deep dive on <laughs> you know what the roster yeah. looked like at Wisconsin. I, I think the the frustrations set in a little bit like as the year goes on, and and there's there are writers that like to just stick with yeah they just want to be right about what they said before they don't they don't really take much into account um but, going but can on. i but, but can i stress to you all enough that the polls do not matter yeah like, they don't matter oh, at all, sure. it, 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 all it means is that you it was what the little number on the screen says when your team's yeah. playing on tv that's it that is it and especially it, in the nca tournament where it is it is you know a committee of people who don't vote <laughs> make a 68 team bracket. And they're like, you know, every year it's like, why did they seed it that way? No one knows if they didn't line up with any sort of rankings. And if you want to do stuff like Ken Palm or RPI or, you know, net or anything like that, it's like, I didn't follow that either. So, yeah. you know, relax. I think that's a patience yep, and relaxation is the yeah. big thing for, for college basketball. It is a long season and it is really weird. And then it has the dumbest way to determine a champion, but the most <laughs> exciting way to determine a champion. It's most fun. It's just doesn't make much sense beyond that. Being Completely fun. illogical. All right, guys, Justin, thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Boys, chief and Ryan, we'll see you next week. Oh, no. Bye week. Go out and go out on a long walk this week. Go on a bike ride. Go do something fun. Do something stressful to keep your heart ready to go. <laughs> you stay in shape. Stay game ready. Yeah. 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 Trying to think. Watch the Braves. Yeah, go. If the Braves have not, if the Braves have not sealed up the series in Los Angeles by then, Saturday game six. You will, I gotta you cut will. you off because we're not talking Listen, Braves on this podcast. Don't give me that. And, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Oh yeah, send all your Braves tweets to Crow. And, yeah. And some Crow too. I've got the I got the word don't Braves a, muted by the way. Don't right. be a hater. Don't be a hater. See y'all. See y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs>